foot enthusiasts, minimal footwear lovers, or anyone trying to fix your own feet, I'm heading to North Carolina this May to lead a live, in-person, three-day retreat all about feet. I'm going to be at the Art of Living Retreat Center, which is up in the mountains of North Carolina. It's so beautiful there. And are you ready to hear what I'm calling it? The retreat is called Healing Your Soul, a stepwise approach to building forever functional feet. That's so good, right? If you want to learn all about how to take care of the muscles, bones, joints, fascia, and nerves of the feet, and learn how strong feet and ankles relate to sustainable hips and knees, this event is for you. In addition to the classroom and movement time with me, you're on retreat. So there's delicious meals, a nature-rich campus that you can explore on foot, and plenty of time for rest and relaxation, all included. A retreat is a perfect way to care for yourself in the moment, but also in the future. You are coming to learn a massive toolkit of information. So whether you're a competitive runner, a dynamic ager, or a healthcare practitioner, this is a weekend full of movement for you and your feet. And like I said, you're gonna leave with a toolkit and a big swag bag that you can use to train your feet for life. For more information about the movement sessions, the food, the center, head to my website, nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. That's nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. This is the Move Your DNA podcast, a show where movement science meets your everyday life. I'm Katie Bowman, biomechanist, author, and birthday girl. All bodies are welcome here. Let's get moving. As many of you know, I am a long-distance walker. This means that I will fit anywhere between 20 and 40 miles into a single day. I'm also a big fan of celebrating milestones on foot. So, for example... Our kids have always walked their years and miles to celebrate their trip around the sun, a tradition started by me liking to do something similar. So I started doing on-foot birthday parties, or really, I don't know if we can call them a party because a lot of times it's just me walking by myself, to mark the end of my 30s. This one year, I just came up with this idea to walk 39 miles as I stepped into being 40 years old. That walk turned out to be more like a 47-mile walk, which was totally unplanned. You can read about that in a blog post I wrote a few years ago. Um, I will put that in the show notes. And then the next year, I walked 41 miles through my rural community to see all of the local farmers and producers, what they were creating like right in my own backyard, so to speak. And I wrote an article about that walk and what I learned on that walk for Experience Life magazine. I will also link to that piece in the show notes. There are lots of beautiful images thanks to a photographer who joined in now and then um, during that walk. For my 44th birthday, I did something a little bit different. I walked 10 miles a day for 44 consecutive days, and I learned so many things. You can go back to listen to episode 120 if you want to hear more on that. I mean, that was really, really, it was very insightful. Like I I learned a lot about, I would say, the mechanics of walking an extended distance, even though 10 miles isn't so far. To do 10 miles every single day for over a month, it's much different than walking one 20 or even one 40-mile walk 
in a single day. So that's really interesting for those of you who really like biomechanics and alignment and gait. You want to go listen to that episode. So what to do for my 46th birthday? I thought on it and I decided that this year I would add a mega dose of vitamin community, right? Like I feel like I'm definitely depleted in vitamin community over the last couple of years. So that seemed right to me. I wanted to walk with 46 different people over the week of my birthday, which interestingly enough is March 4th. Do you get it? Both my birth date and my greatest joy, March 4th, marching 4th. You see? You with me? So I love walking in groups, both small and large, because you get to know people. There are very few interruptions during a long walk. That's one of the reasons that I do these long walks. And I'm working on an entire book about long distance walking. But the fact that walking creates an extended period of time with almost no transitions, transitions I'm realizing, you know, when we're talking about overload and attention grabbers, transitions is another way of looking at that phenomenon. So when you're walking, you're just on a walk. It's what you're doing. And we rarely get to be doing a thing for a long period of time. And what happens to your mind and your body when you are granted this transition-free period of time is, is quite magical. But when you're doing it with other people, the extension of that is there's time for everyone you're with to get their stories out, to share some of their personal points of view. So today I'm going to share with you what I recorded walking with this community of people that I really love and cherish as they were walking and moving outside with me. I asked them what the importance was as far as walking or moving outside for them had been personally. So join us if you can, on the move in some way if you can, as you have a listen to what some of these folks had to say. Ooh, favorite walk of all time. You got one? <laughs> well, for sheer oddity, it was the walk from the, the uh, Milan airport to my hotel in the middle of the night. <laughs> but I did a uh, six-mile barefoot after the rain mud hike. <laughs> yeah, that was squishy. Up in the hills above Ventura. It was really nice. And I went off trail a lot, and the ground was very forgiving. I got a few cuts on my feet, but not bad. We walked a lot as kids. To and from school, to and from the candy store. <laughs> All the important places kids go. Um, and sometimes it was we walked because our our bikes had flats or some of the other kids didn't have bikes so we wanted to you know all be together and we walked a lot on the beach because i lived at the beach well for me now walk, walking is primarily transportation and hiking would be when i have uh when i want to get away from civilization mm -hmm. as best i can in ventura when I walk with others, I walk usually more slowly, and therefore I can focus on different parts of my gait than I normally do. Because when I walk by myself, I'm normally uh, kind of fast-paced mm -hmm. or doing something odd that some people might consider mildly dangerous. Because you like to walk the shortest, you mean like crossing railroad tracks and jumping, <laughs> jumping fences. fences. Yeah, yeah right, all, right, right. All, all that stuff. Jumping on walls, jumping off walls, you know, swinging on a tree limb if it happens to be handy. 
it's just it makes all everything flow much better it's a good way for me to um uh unwind from stress and it's a good way for me to um think through my problems you know whether they're uh you know emotional mental stuff or if i'm having business decisions i have to make it's just a way to clear my head cool well so this was central park in new york city where i lived as a girl when i was about seven years old we had an apartment uh off park avenue it was my mother's fourth husband he had a very nice place and we, my sister, who's 10 years older than I, so 17 in the 70s in New York, she would walk me over to Central Park and we would do all the things, you know, the, the boat pond, the play on the Alice in Wonderland sculpture and watch the people playing guitars. And it was a beautiful scene. And it just felt like the walk through the park would take ages. We could get lost. It was like wilderness and I had this sense of it is just sort of an ending mighty space and uh we left new york when i was a teenager and i had gone back until my early 20s when i took my and uh boyfriend now husband keith back to new york and i said you know you should probably see this part of me so we went back and i hadn't been back in 10 years and uh had met working in a national park so we had this shared sense of vast spaces and so i set him up for central park i was like okay we're going to central park like we're going to yosemite i got to central park and like walked across it in like seven minutes <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, where? i couldn't even believe that the park had boundaries wow i said to me as a child i had no great no edges uh, so it's very startling and i yeah i don't know if my body felt i don't want to say my body felt weird say my understanding of how I held space as a child. Yeah. It was really field. My dad and stepmom walked almost every night after dinner and we would sneak behind them and try and hide and you know and then dart across and then you know oh you know and of course I'm sure they saw us all the time but they you know they played along. And uh uh we uh, as siblings we walked we used to walk in the storm drains. We'd take um kerosene-soaked rags and wrap them around <laughs> sticks and climb down into the storm drains and walk for miles down to the... Uh, down really? To, oh, yeah. And then we'd get crazy and turn the lights out and just try and walk in the complete and utter face and f hand in front of your face, can't see a single thing darkness. You have been the same for 70 years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. I am what I am, That's said Popeye the sailor man. That's true. <laughs> All right, long legs. <laughs> that was a good step. I was thinking of why, why it's hard to think of something to say about walking and just thinking of my own childhood that if you think of like, a, if you think of like wheat or in another culture, rice, like the, the staple food that comprises most of the calories, for example, but wheat, Weed is an easy one. When I think of how walking was when I was a kid, that it was not really like a positive or a negative. It was not something I didn't want to do or did want to do, but it was always kind of like wheat, whether you want to turn it into 
cake or bread or whatever else. Well, it was like the, not only an ingredient, but it, almost like a canvas of like, I can remember the two times that my dad took us for a walk when we were little kids. And we went to the AMPM and got Kit Kats. And I remember it as the times that my dad took us for a walk. And on Thanksgiving, he would drive us out to a place where we would take a walk because my mom told him to get the heck out of the house with all the children with him. But I feel like it's, in the, in the weed examples, that's kind of how I feel about it. It's like, you can decorate it however you want. Like, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to take up a bunch of time. And you can decorate it in so many ways. Like then my mom tells a story of me in kindergarten wanting to walk by myself home from kindergarten. And, uh, and she let me do it, but she followed at a distance without me knowing that she was there at a distance. And like I don't have, in any of my memories of walking, like I don't have any I don't have any memory of any emotion around walking itself or going for a walk. Like I would, I remember when I developed the autonomy to go for a walk around the, the block that we lived on in the suburban Los Angeles. Again, it was just the independence and the thing to do if I was bored and knowing all the cats and the dogs along the way that I would run into and enjoyed. Was just the walking was always just the vehicle for something else and and that something else was always good sometimes it was spectacularly good but usually it was just good i have a distinct memory of fifth or sixth grade david Deverts and i walking home together and i had started playing french horn we walked a little bit Case down, sit on it, rest, walk through it. And he played the trombone. And I was so envious. Was he in a bigger chair? No, because his, his case was a lot lighter than mine. So I remember being in college and going out somewhere in our little town in my car. And there's Miss Genevieve with her cane in one hand. And groceries, uh, more groceries than the other. I'm like, Miss Debbie, you need a ride? I'm fine. I'm walking. That's what I want to be like when I grow up. She was badass. That's great. Once I got into middle school, I started walking more just to, like, you know, hang out with friends, go places. And I didn't drive until I was 18. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I walked a lot, like 16, 17, um, just to go like hang out and because do you things. Drive. And I lived in Ohio, so very walkable town. Yeah. Well, not even just Southern California, but very small, very walkable. Oh, right. Just one main avenue. I lived in town. Yeah, so I got a good little foundation. Well, maybe first story, not so much foundation. But I got a good first story of walking in my like late teens. I mean, it was like a couple miles at least a day. Yeah, way more than the average right now. Totally.
I've done a lot of good walks. Best walks were probably in Europe. Oh. I mean, just walking around, like, like probably drop 20 miles a day, but it's all like cafes and bars and like parks and beautiful, um, beautiful buildings. And so that was awesome. That's probably like the most amazing walks, but my favorite walk with a person, could all by myself, uh, would probably be the birthday walk we did for you a couple years ago um, when it was just me and you who walked out to Finn River. That was such a long walk. And we just kind of like charged through it the whole way. Like I just remember eating while I was walking because I didn't feel like we had enough time to like dilly dally. It was just like charge. We did not stop. I also remember being scared of the dogs. Yes. This is before I had a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't really ever, I didn't speak dog. No. Back then, but you did. Uh huh. And and we are walking in rural country. Yep. Country road, and I thought like being being attack minded, and you're like, no, no, that's that's just like it gave me a sense of like, oh, this is why people are afraid of walking. Like, oh yeah. Later on, of going if you do not speak dog, to walk where you are going to encounter things that you don't know is scary. I had you to kind of walk me through it. And then, and then of course, having a dog, I could, I could better discern risk. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's something I said about that day. Back in, right before the pandemic, back in August of 2019, some friends invited me on a backpacking trip for six days. And in 2017, I had a spinal injury and walking was very painful, but I was slowly healing. I thought, okay, well, I'll give it a try. But I had all my exit routes planned out in case it didn't work out. So my favorite walk was the next to the last day when two of us walked the spine of the Goat Rocks Wilderness and then walked into camp, did an 11 mile day and the next morning we got up early and hiked uphill, one mile, a little over a mile to a spot where there's a fantastic view of Mount Rainier. And just the feeling at the end of that trail, uh, at the end of that walk, like, holy crap, I did this. And I can, my body can still do this. And it's something that I'll never take for granted again. How many walks do you think we've taken in your whole life? A lot. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> I remember having a conversation with you when you were like four about you de you defined a hike as as the location. The hike was in the forest and it's hard and it's long. That's what a hike is? Yeah. Otherwise it's a walk. And so what's a walk then? By nature a walk would be not in a forest. No. Easy and short? Well, I guess. Well, yes, except I guess it could be a really short one in the forest. Just a really short one. I feel like we have done longer, what you would call walks, and shorter hikes. What's the longest walk you've ever been on? One mile's the longest a walk can be, and then it's a hike. Oh, wait a minute. So, so even if a walk's a portion of a hike, a walk is a portion of a hike. I heard this definition that a hike is just walking where you could be. 
You can pee anywhere. Well, maybe where you're allowed to pee without getting arrested. I love different walks for different reasons. Okay, all right. Then... Like, uh, okay, so there, uh, there was a, a really poignant hike that we took in Costa Rica on and that was just the best because like it was like way more of like a rich dialogue with nature that time mm -hmm. you ever just have those walks where you feel like there's this deeper connection and so everything's kind of speaking to you and so it was very beautiful that way but then some of my favorite walks are also just in general where for me like because I had to work my way up from a handicap like parking sticker uh-huh not knowing if i was gonna make like stay out of a wheelchair oh permanently like get like work to not get like get into a wheelchair so you and started in a wheelchair i wasn't in a wheelchair i was fighting not to land there okay because it was excruciating pain and i couldn't properly move right and i didn't know if i was gonna be able to we just didn't know there were a lot of unknowns so my favorite walks i think in general other than those like mystical ones where i would just mention those kind the other ones are the ones where I know I just went further and I didn't hit paint. Oh, that's that's a good feeling. Yeah. yeah. So every walk is sort of like a tr small triumph. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the time I thought I was getting eaten by a cougar and it turned out to be deer. <laughs> it was my first uh, solo backpacking trip and I was like psyching myself out. Anyways, there's a trail and there's like a little cabin like five miles in or whatever. I can't remember what it was, and it was like early spring, probably around this time of year, maybe a little later. And I was going, psyching myself, psyching myself out. I just thought I was going to see a cougar. And that was it. I just thought it was a cougar. And I freaked out, and it was just a deer, and I laughed, and it was just like, of course it was fine. And it was a yeah. bear. I was going to die on that trip, and it was fine. I saw one other camper, they were a woman. As free from danger as I could. I was freaked out the whole time. I can relate to that. Oh, yeah. no. The other one is when I was hiking in New Zealand. I was also solo backpacking, but now this was like a little bit later. And I had just watched this horror movie or this scary movie like 2012 or something like that where everybody turns into a zombie because they've been. <laughs> Have you seen this movie? No. It's so bad. It's got Will Smith. Like everyone gets uh, rabies and they all turn into like these zombies. <laughs> Then I'm in the middle of the forest and I thought I was lost and I just started freaking out because I felt like all these zombie people, I was like just freaking myself out. There was all these zombie people everywhere. And I just, like I freaked out so bad. I, I like, I was just totally in my head and I like had to go back. I had to like hike back like five extra miles because I was so freaked out. Fear is real. Yeah, fear is it's real. totally real. Yeah. But I think like the most formative walk that um, that served like an important purpose and place in my life when I was to Ben in like middle school. I had two friends who lived on my street mm -hmm. and we would go on walks together in our neighborhood and it was like, you know, a suburban neighborhood. So just like a big loop and lots of streets going up and down, but it was all contained. <coughs> and, um, and we would just like walk as slow as we could, not on purpose, but we were just like, that was our escape from home. Right. And like our parents, that was our independence uh -huh. of like, this is our time together. And, and it drove my mom crazy. Uh -huh. She's like, because she like wants me to get exercise. Right, right. She's like, can't, can't you walk a little faster, like get your heart rate up? <laughs>
right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never studied like child development and stuff, but like what was what I see looking back at that is that we were just in this transitional time in our lives where like we were filling the neighborhood with like stories from our imagination mm -hmm. like there was dead man's house and like the alcoholic's house where like those people are always sitting at their table drinking <laughs> and like and this this place is all overgrown and no one's ever there right and so there must be a dead person there <laughs> making sense of yeah. what was going on right yeah and um <laughs> And also, like, taking that step towards independence and yeah. really just reveling in that. So, how far did you walk today already? I don't know, like, three-ish, three and a half miles, maybe? With, at school? Uh, no, three miles at school, probably. Why did you have to walk at school? Uh, because it was hike day. Um, Wednesday is hike day for my school. How do you feel about hike day in general? I mean, it's meh, because... Sometimes we have marine debris hikes where we walk like four miles on the spit. Mm -hmm. uh, but today was not. That's only at the end of the month. Uh, so, I mean, it's okay. But I like it because uh, we don't have math or writing or anything. This is a day to move. Yeah. Being in the car. Everything was in your car. And unless you were like going for a hike, like the roads where I grew up were not safe really to walk or friendly to walk. And this is. Um, well, I grew up really close to the inner city. Uh huh. And then at 13, we moved out to like the, like right where the country and the suburbs kind of blend into each other. In Illinois? Yes. I remember being in the car and when I'd see somebody walking, you didn't see it a lot. Yeah. And I would feel bad for them. Right. Do you ever remember that? I, like, was that a thing for you? Well, no, because I grew up in a very rural place okay. where where everyone walked. I mean, and I grew up in a place where it was um, many migrant workers, okay. field work. And so I would walk to school with also a lot of people walking to work, walking yeah. everywhere. So, no, but, but I do think... Like, and kids were walking to school, but, like, you wouldn't see a grown-up who had a car not working. So I do think that there is sort of, like, a stigma associated with it. If you're working, it's be if you're walking, it's because you don't have a car. Right. And I think that that's a pervasive issue and why a lot of people don't walk without even realizing it. And it feeds it almost. Sure, totally. Because then you don't ever get into the... If more people were in that pattern, they things would shift with, like how you occupy space on the road mm -hmm. or you know, so it's just very interesting and recently I had the thought like I no longer see people and think that way yeah you know but it was just a really interesting just because you know walkers maybe I mean I think sometimes it's about oh there's people who choose to walk right. versus having your whole reality be the only people who walk walk don't have cars and so that I mean that is part of like the work that I'm doing is trying to get more people walking because what it does is it changes it like destigmatizes walking but then it also makes it safer because you know sort of we're, we're concerned about the safety of the activity. ourselves yeah. what are the types of walking uh I mean I guess like because you have to and for just because you want to oh and also right. like Depending on the length, I have different opinions. Tell me, what's your best length? I don't know, like a short walk. Like, maybe half of what we did earlier. Okay. I don't know. 
You mean what uh, what you did at school today or what we just did here today? Uh, what we just did here a couple minutes. So like a half mile, like yeah. 20 minutes? Yeah. And then um, what's the difference? How do you feel when there's a walk because you want to versus a walk because you have to? I guess it's just like when I want to, I want to. Yeah. And like, I guess a lot of the time when I'm hiking when I want, or when I'm going on a walk when I want to, mm -hmm. like I'll be actually doing stuff because most of the time when I go on a walk... When I want to, it's like not at school, so there's not a ton of rules that like uh, keep me from doing all of this and that. Is it like um, when you're walking at school, you're not allowed to like jump or climb trees or no, we're stop? We're not allowed to run. What? You're not allowed to run on rocks. That is dumb. stupid. What are you, honey? Well, on heights, but yeah. Most of the time, I'll have a lot more fun on a walk when I want to because most of the time, like maybe not on the trail. Right. Like, I'll just be going and exploring wherever. Pretty much the only thing I do on, like, a school hike is I just talk with my friends. And it gets kind of boring. Well, like I, I was thinking about that. Like, we call it a walk or a hike. I wonder if there's a better word for it. Because what I hear you say is just to take one step after another step sort of at the same pace in a line is not enjoyable. I mean, it could be. It could be. If, if like... That's something that you want to spend your time doing. Right. But you want to, I know you, like leap, mm -hmm. climb, play, stop, cover, throw, sprint. Like you want to have like these almost like games. Like what do we call it? What do you call it when you have games that move on foot over a long period of time? Um, what is that word? I don't know, but it, I could come up with like more of what I'm doing. Uh, what is the longest walk you've ever taken? Up a mountain. Up a mountain? Mm -hmm. What mountain? Mount Townsend. Whoa. How far was it? All the way up to the top. You went all the way to the top? How many miles is it? I don't know. All the way? Like seven or eight. And how old are you? According to, according to um, my friends in school, Mount Townsend is four miles, but really steep. So what do you, so how long have you been walking in the sense of how many years have you been walking? What does that mean? Well, did you come out ready to walk? Come out from where? Were you born ready to walk? Mm, yes. Oh. I was like crawling. You crawling? That's kind of preparing to walk. For you, what's the difference between well, a walk and a, a hike? a walk is, is this. Is, well, maybe not necessarily this, because this isn't quite... You're walking. You're walking to walk, but you also are having conversation. You're also... It's filling way more needs than walking. All right. So you can never go on a walk by yourself? Unless no, your need is not a, true. isolation? No, no, sure. Okay. You can have conversation with yourself. All right, all right. No, it's a walk. It's The it's purpose true. is to walk, but not only walk. It's to have, you know, time for yourself. Okay. But then there's also walking on a hike. But I consider that hiking. Like if we go to the Grey Wolf Trail or out to the second beach, or that's a hike, it's not a walk necessarily. The purpose is more to be in the place. Maybe. I love it. But yeah, a hike would be in a place and a walk is for the purpose of walking. For many different reasons that walking yeah. entail. But yeah. it is not about where you're going. It, right. could, it doesn't matter. It could happen anywhere. Yep. But you can't hike anywhere. No. The hike is for the location. Sure. Well, that's the main benefit of it. Yeah. Where I grew up, we... My mom drove us everywhere. I didn't walk anywhere because we lived way out in the suburbs in the desert. Mm -hmm. So it was hot. And, but I roamed my neighborhood like crazy and I would rollerblade every day for hours. Um, but 
she would just say I had to be home before dark. So funny because when my kids were younger, like, oh, can you give me a ride? No, you can walk. <laughs> I never said, oh, in my day I walk. For, you know, I never said that, but I was like, no, I'm busy. Go walk if you want to go. As we just walked everywhere. We walked to the swimming pool. We walked to the store. We walked everywhere. Just never stopped walking. Don't feel good unless I'm walking. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah. I used to walk to school. And when I wanted to leave school, I would walk home from school. Like, it doesn't matter if it was over or not? It didn't matter if it was over. In Belgium, I was like a little girl. And I would stop at the candy shop on the way back. And walking, yeah, so so freeing and connecting with that time in between and taking in the world, like just being mindful in that action. It's always just... Yeah, my favorite thing to do in the world is walking. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I like how you said that, you know, what is your definition of walking? Yeah. Because what came to mind first, beyond a memory, I was like, you know, my mind's grasping for a specific memory. It's like, oh, what one's the best? You know, it's got to be the coolest. Mm -hmm. the but I just think of John Muir talking about, I know, sauntering. Mm -hmm. And just like santé, which is like the French. Health. Yeah, and it's like how do you know the way in which you walk, the the mindset you hold while you walk, you know, is it a chore or is it a you know uh, exploration? I suppose. I would have to say, uh, out my front door, down along Jamestown Road, along the beach, and it is my favorite because I didn't ever even think that I loved walking until we had. Iris and I was so stuck in my house with an infant and I would have different people come and walk that road with me my dad in particular and it's been such a bonding experience to get to walk and talk with loved ones and I still just breathe it in every time I walk that that's crazy stretch to walk out your front door is a gift to have a good walk right out your front door it really makes me think of my Nana because she fell in her early 90s and broke her hip and everyone thought, okay, well, she's, I mean, right, she's done. Sure, sure. But they told her if she walked every day, then she would just continue to get better and she lived till she was 98. She would go into her downstairs garage when the weather was bad with her walker and do laps. And she was very dedicated to it. So I guess I thought maybe I'll start walking when I'm uh -huh. closer to 90. That's right. You're like, I have so many years. I've got all these friends, all these amazing hikes, or walking hikes that we're doing when I'm 90. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, we are now back in the post-walk time. And I have to say this. I didn't do my annual end-of-year recap the last couple of years for probably obvious reasons. The last couple of years have been stressful and I let some things go to deal with that and the end of the year recap was one of them. But what I managed to do every year was come up with a keyword or a handful of keywords or a slogan that I use to align my behaviors to overall. You can read more on why and how to create these personal mission statements in my book Movement Matters. You can also listen to that on audiobook. Or you can listen to the podcast episode I did on personal mission statements way back this would be episode number 63. 
But my collection of words in 2022 is this. Do real things with real people outside. And I think I nailed it this year. And I'm hoping that this inspires you to celebrate something, anything. It doesn't have to be a birthday. It can be Tuesday. It can be that you're alive. You know, just pick something and celebrate it a bit more dynamically this year. All right. And keep moving, friends. You are doing great. Hi, my name is Michelle from Rochester, Minnesota. This has been Move Your DNA with Katie Bowman, a podcast about movement. Hopefully you find the general information in this podcast informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and should not be used as such. Our theme music was performed by Dan McCormack. This podcast is produced by Brock Armstrong, and the transcripts are done by Annette Yen. Find out more about Katie, her books, and her movement programs at nutritiousmovement.com. Thank you.